Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Lynn Anderson, who is a naturopath, yoga nutritional therapist, professional in fitness, karma master, public author, international speaker, and video producer with almost 30 years experience in the field of natural health and fitness. Wow, what experience we've got there. She's also been featured in Red Book Reader's Digest, Huffington Post, Shape, Self, and several other national publications, TV networks, and podcasts. She's the author and producer of the Soul Waking series, Karma Prosperity, Vitality, and the Naturopathic Wellness series, The Yoga of Nutrition and Recipes for Health, Sex, Happiness, and Love and Dr. Lynn's Proactive Aging Workouts, DVDs, and TV international distribution. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. We speak about so many topics. Obviously, Dr. Lynn has a wealth of experience in the mindset and fitness world, and we love diving into topics such as holistic health mindset, proactive aging, and karma. If you find that you are wanting to lose weight but or get fit, but in a way that actually serves you when you're older, definitely tune into this one. How are you going this morning, Lynn? I'm doing just great here in Florida. A little humidity coming in, but it's really beautiful day. I'm not surprised. At this time of year, it would be getting very humid in Florida, and I'm sure all the snowboards snowboards, snowbirds are starting to go up north. (laughs) That's the part we kind of like because the traffic, (laughs) you know, and we can get into a restaurant. So yeah, it is, it is nice. No, I definitely feel you. I'm from a super touristy place in the, in the Gold Coast in Australia, very humid. So I get that in our winters, it's just absolute carnage. And in November, it's absolute, it's so busy. So I I feel that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Um, You know, being a doctor of naturopathy and also having your yoga teaching practice. A lot of you, if you're listening, you can't see Lynn's wonderful background, but she's got gorgeous (laughs) plants and her yoga mat. It's, It's really pretty. I feel like whenever anyone gets into some sort of modality like fitness, naturopathy, um, or anything that's a little bit more holistic, there's a journey and a reason behind it. So could you provide the context that I'd need to know to know why you help people in the way you do today? Well, um, my journey, um, you know, my journey goes back uh, many, many years ago. I was a single mother with um, two children and I put myself through college um, and I, I didn't have any money. I was on welfare. I was broke. You know, I had to really work hard to get through school and it was very successful, except at the end of it, you know, I had been going like a mad person and I kind of dropped, had what was called a real burnout, you know, physical, mental, and soulful, just a collapse um, of exhaustion. And that was kind of what got me on my journey of trying to rebuild my body, my mind, and soul. And I wanted to do it with a natural approach um, because I had I had grown up um, on a small island off the coast of Maine and really had sort of grown up in a place where everything was kind of organic and, you know, we took care, it was folk medicine and, you know, it wasn't really traditionally to run to a doctor and get pills. So that's really what got me on my journey. And from there, it's just been a, a, a whole process of 40 years. <laughs> wow. I can't imagine. So my mom was a single mom with two kids you know, she didn't go to college, but she worked three jobs. And I still today think, how on earth did she do it? I am 30 years old, running a podcast, working and doing all my stuff. And I'm like, how does she do that all with like two kids as well? So could you dive into, I don't know, like, what were you studying? What was a day in the life back then? What was going through your mind? Well, um, my major was communication. Right. And um, my goal was I had this tenacity in me. I had this belief 
that if I educated myself, not only was I going to improve my life, but I was going to improve the life of my children. And that was really important to me. And um, I, I'm also, I'm kind of an education nerd. I love, to, <laughs> I love to learn. I love to go to school. So I found that once I got in, I felt like I was the luckiest woman in the world, even though we were really broke. We had no money. But it was like, I couldn't believe that I had this great opportunity to educate mm. myself and through that to be able to share that with my children. So it it was a wonderful process and something that, you know, it's just been a lifelong thing with me. Mm, I love that. I love that you saw that as an opportunity and you were able to educate yourself and, you know, pass that on to your children as well. You mentioned towards the end of it, you hit burnout. I'm not surprised. Um, just watching my own mum raise two kids and then knowing that college is very intense in itself. Can you talk me through like how you recognized you burned out and then you did allude to um, some of the more natural and organic coming mm-hmm. back to those roots. But can you dive like a little bit deeper into what that process of getting out of burnout looked like too? Um, well, the, the, it was a collapse. It, it, it's an exhaustion. Um, yeah. it, that's the only way you can explain it is just you, you're mentally foggy. You're mm. physically, you just don't have the motivation to get up and do anything, you know. And so it's, you realize that the energy of the body is depleted and the wow. mind. And you've got to do something to build that back up. Well, you know, Common sense tells you that the only thing that will rebuild your body is nutrition. Mm. That's it. There's not a drug out there that will rebuild your body. Your body is based upon nutrition. And so that's, so it's a science. And I was very much interested in the science and began to look at the body as like this miraculous machine. And I became so fascinated with what's going on inside our little bodies that that kind of got me sort of, then it was sort of like you start to read and then you do research. And I also, at the same time, I became certified through the American Council of Exercise um, to be a fitness instructor. So this was just in the very beginning stages of me getting into yoga. But at that time, I would go and I would teach stretch and tone classes. And it sort of led me into teaching yoga as well. So then I began to say, okay, now there's three pillars here of health. And the three pillars are diet, exercise, and sleep. Those three Mm. things are essential to life. So those were the three things that I focused on. How could I get myself back up by using those three pillars? And then of course, as I'm doing that, you start to say, wow, you look around and you go, wow, there's a lot of burnt out people. There's a lot of people. I mean, they call you know, they called it chronic fatigue syndrome in my day, you know, and, mm. and people were burning out everywhere. And so I said, you know, this is what I want to do. I love it. <laughs> yes. You hit on so many amazing points there, even just like the the nutrition, the fitness and the sleep. So you'll hear this at the end of the podcast, but the catchphrase is eat well, move well, breathe well. And breathe well is very much like being able to manage your stress. And a huge part of that is circadian rhythm, sleeping eight hours a night. So I love that you touch on the sleep aspect as well. Something else that I resonated with is like nutrition is really what changes our body. And I was thinking about like 20% of the work provides 80% of the results. That's, you know, a business quote and it's pretty true. And I was thinking, well, what does that mean in fitness and, you know, holistic fitness? And I was thinking about it and it really is nutrition. Like, Mm -hmm starting off and making small changes with your nutrition and then continuously iterating and making, you know, larger and larger changes. That's what provides most of the results with digestive issues, hormonal issues, with weight loss. It's it's wild. Um, you have a lot more experience than I do. So I would love to know, like, what are your observations with regards to people's nutrition journey as a naturopath? Well, you know, the body doesn't care what you eat doesn't Mm. care whether you eat French. The body doesn't say, this is what I want you to eat. What the body says is I need fuel. I need vitamins and minerals. That's what I need. I need you to bring something in that you break down that supports my health. And we don't think about it that way. You know, when we throw around organic and eat this and all over the place, and we don't really think about that the body needs these essential vitamins and minerals. They're very, very important. So it's, and, and in our society today, 
there's so much information out there that's misinformation. I mean, we all know that. I mean, I can even touch upon, let's touch upon the organic. I mean, you know, you see natural or organic put on a package. Natural, let's say. It's all natural. Well, if you look at the real definition of natural, natural means that I pick it off the tree and I eat it. Mm. It's not been processed or by humans. It's natural. And, and that doesn't exist. So people <laughs> will pick up a package and go, wow, this is natural. This is good for me. But don't understand the underlying things that are going on with, with the nutrition. So the really important thing, I think, is to, um, to work with someone who has a background and someone you can trust because you can't necessarily trust what you read on the internet, what you read on a package, what you read out there. So I think that's really the fundamental place to begin with is someone that you can really trust that can help guide you through Mm. the process. Yeah, that's so true. I think getting that education from someone that you trust and is able to sift through the information, especially in this social media age, there's so much conflicting information. And then there's also like videos that are hyper specific on this one like thing. And then people apply it to themselves, which is crazy. I can't help but think of my mum and perhaps you when you were on welfare not everyone has the privilege of being able to have access to that one-on-one care, especially because more holistic um, things aren't always covered by healthcare. So Mm. what would you say to folks that maybe don't have the privilege of having access to somebody who can help Mm -hmm. them with this information? Well, first I would say that when I started out on my journey, I was considered a quack. So let's start there because what was she talking about? Because I was, I'm also a, a master aromatherapist and a master herbalist. So I was playing around right. with herbs and aromatherapy as well. All of the <laughs> modalities that have to do with the naturopathy. So I was considered quite, quite, quite a quack. Um, I would, you know, you can, the internet is a wonderful tool and you can seek out information and you can seek out people who will provide you with good information you just have to be able to dig a little you know i try really hard anything that i put out there is something that people can use and they don't have to come to me because i do understand what you're saying unfortunately in this world you know we pay for medicine we pay for all of this stuff but we don't pay for the fundamental thing that is important important. Mm. It's just like if somebody goes to the doctor and they say, okay, you've got, you know, heart problems, da, 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 da. Here's uh, what we're going to do. They don't then say, but I'm going to write a prescription and I want you to go and take care of your diet and exercise because those are the things that are going to rebuild your body back mm. up. So it, it is, I, I, it is, it's a very slippery slope because you, you, you know, if you don't have the money, how do you get the help? when you know insurance won't cover it and there isn't money out there to cover mm. it you know wouldn't it be cool if like doctors I, I don't know like wouldn't it be cool if you got like a 12 week eating program for free or you got a 12 week like personal training package like we're going to teach you the foundational lifts how to do it properly so you're set up for success wouldn't that be cool if that was a prescription <laughs> It would be fabulous. But you know, the problem is, is that there's a lot of money in keeping people sick. There is. (laughs) And there's a lot of money being made in the pharmaceuticals. So if we do the thing that's going to really jumpstart people and really help people, um, that ruins the junk food industry. (laughs) You know, we can go down. And, And yet, what is the most important thing in our life? You know, I tell my students and my clients over and over again, it's your health, because when that's gone, everything else is meaningless. Mm. You know, Steve Jobs may have had all the money in the world, but once he got sick, that's it. You know, so we really, it's really coming back and having an appreciation for the most important thing. And it is your health. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And it just takes being sick to realize that, you know, whenever you get sick, you're sitting there like, oh, all of those times I was so well and not grateful for it. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And it can be just a head cold, you know, and we whine, you know, but and, 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 and unfortunately, we don't appreciate until something's taken away from us. Yeah, definitely. The unfortunate thing. And if you could, if we got up every day and went, I just am so grateful and appreciate myself today, you know, 
we would probably take better care of ourselves. Mm, definitely. I, I agree. In fact, can you touch on that? Can you touch on, as a fitness trainer, I think the mindset is the most difficult thing to work through, the psychology behind it, gym anxiety, limiting beliefs. As a naturopath or you know, yoga teacher or however you're helping people in that moment, how do you help people with their mindset? Well, that is the, the, the biggest problem we've always had is because it's called motivation. And motivation mm. has to come from you, from the person within. You know, I can be the best example out there, but, you know, if they're not motivated or I'm not providing something that helps to motivate them, you know, I have a very, very close connection with all of my students. I mean, I know them. I know th- they've been with me 20, 30 years, some of them. And I know so much about their backgrounds and I've had them crying on my shoulders. I've held them. I've listened to stories. I've taken the time after class to sit for an an hour. Gratis, just because the person, you know, needs that. So it's, it's, it's very, and that keeps them coming back. They keep coming to my class because I put out more than what I take. And that's the important thing. But I would say that if you're not motivated to take care of the most important thing in your life, what should you be motivated for? Mm. Right? Do you, do you have any like specific tools? I think gratitude is one. But do you mm-hmm. have any specific tools to help people move towards motivation? Like what do you find are people's light bulb moments? Um, aging is one that's really, because it doesn't matter, you know, as I say to people, you know, pay attention to your aging because the minute you're born, you start aging. It isn't (laughs) old people. It's aging all the way through. And it's what you do every decade of your life that makes a big difference. So those are light bulb things. Unfortunately, body image and beauty for women and for men that masculine unfortunately, and I say that unfortunately because we put too much emphasis and pressure Mm -hmm. on that. And, you know, I've had many clients and students who were what you would call classically beautiful and inside they were so unhealthy mentally and their bodies were unhealthy because they were starving their bodies or, you know, they had eating disorders. I worked a lot with women with eating disorders in the early part of my practice. So we get caught up on those things. But if I said to someone, you know, well, here's an example. I am, I'm 70 years old. And when I tell people I'm 70 years old, everybody goes, I want to eat what you're eating. I want to do what you're doing, Dr. Lynn, because you're (laughs) there. You know, I want to look like you, you know, because I'm in very good shape for a 70 year old woman. But I, then I say to them, but I've been doing this for 40 years. I didn't start eating this way yesterday. I didn't start exercising yesterday. It's part of my life. So to really motivate someone, it's got to become a lifestyle. That's mm. really what it, what has to happen. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And being healthy needs to be a part of your identity as well. Um, I will say, I think a lot of people with age, they put this sort of belief that they can't lose weight or they can't get healthy no matter what what age they are. And I like, that's so untrue. My grandma is 74 years old and she was like at the stage where her doctor was like, it's at the point where maybe you do need to lose a bit of body fat. And she goes on five mile walks every day and she's lost a bunch of weight. Like, you know, post menopause when people say, oh, it's impossible. And all she's doing is walking often and they already eat well. Um, she's limited her sweets a little bit and she's cut out wheat because wheat wasn't very good for her. But with those three changes, walking, cutting out wheat and um, having sweets every now and again, but not as often, she's lost a bunch of weight in her mid, mid-70s. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a whole, it's a misnomer when they say, oh, well, menopause, you're going to gain weight. It's not true. What happens is when we hit midlife, most of us, you know, if you've had children, you're not running around chasing children anymore. You're not getting up and running to jobs anymore. And so it's, it, it's more that we, we tend to get lazy and we sit more. <laughs> 
But yes. if you if you continue to exercise and you continue to eat healthy, yeah, you may put on an extra five pounds as you get older because we we do our our, our metabolism does change and our lifestyle does change. But people can, I mean, you see people all the time that either lose weight or maintain their weight all the way through. So it uh, then we we just all circles right back to lifestyle. You know, your grandmother gets up. Her lifestyle now is, I'll bet you, she. She, she figures in her walk every day. Yep. She, it's part of her life. You, you know, it's like brushing your teeth. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal-Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal-Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF Podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Something else you mentioned was placing a lot of emphasis on the beauty. And I don't think there's anything wrong with aesthetic goals. It's when you don't have functional goals or mental goals as well. Because at the end of the day, like once you get to your ideal weight, then what? Right. Yeah. You know, um, so I love that you're helping people like move away from that beauty. Mm -hmm. Like that being the only, only thing. Right. Well, as a naturopath, we believe that it should be body, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. All three need to be integrated and balanced and healed. So if uh, if someone is just working on getting their physical self to a, a place and they're not bringing the mental and the soulful place with it, you're right. I mean, it's like you run up against a wall because we have to work on all of those. But we also have to take away, you know, we we as human beings, we compare ourselves to people all the time and social media makes it even worse now because you can turn any you can go on any any instagram anywhere facebook anything and everybody's having a wonderful life and i'm not Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it looks that way but it's not you know if you pull behind the curtain it's all fake back there most of it you know and i think also as females too. And I know being a young female and all, I mean, I know the things that females go through and, you know, it can be a very cruel and abusive world to females, especially women as they get older. They really get it worse than men, Mm. you know, through the aging process. And yet I find that women in their fifties and sixties just start to get beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it wild that, uh, isn't it just crazy that men, as they get older, they're still like handsome or silver fox and all of that. But women, it's kind of like, and I'm not old enough where it's like I'm not being recognized by men, but I've heard that you kind of just get shoved to the side, kind of like, oh, and isn't that just a weird dichotomy? It really is. And because, and when you think about it, women, as we mature and grow, there's so much more to us. Right. Yes. You know, I mean, and, and, and I mean, you can look back and you could say, boy, when I was a teenager, I didn't know anything in 20. No. And, you know, each decade you, you blossom more, but you're absolutely right. We really, in our society, our image is really the young, beautiful female. Mm-hmm. That's really what we, you know, that, and then, and that, and, and earlier and earlier that bloom disappears in our world today. You know, it's like at at 30, you're over the hill today. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're just coming into your beauty at 30, you know? Yeah. And the way I think of it, like I do truly think of it like a fine wine. And 
when I was 20, yeah, I, I think I was beautiful when I was 20. But now I'm 30. I'm like, I do not want to be 20 again. Like even if more men might desire me, I don't want to go through all those life lessons again. I know so much more. I'm so much more sure about myself. I know exactly what I want. Like why would you want to relive all of those lessons in your 20s when you can be grateful for where you are now? And I just can't imagine where I would be when I'm 40 and 50 and 60 because that's so many more decades of learning and growing. Right. And I think the important thing is, uh, is for women to support each other. And, yes. you know, that's really what I try to champion is I try to, you know, really, especially women who are my age, who come to my classes, I really, I try to make them laugh. I try to make them find things that are beautiful about them, because that's really important that we support each other. And we mm -hmm. find the beauty in each other rather than competing against each other. You know, oh, life's already hard enough for us. Like we we earn less than the men. Like we're gonna be like commoditized for our bodies. Like why are we so mean to? And I see it on social media. I'm I'm a content creator, so I'm very active on social media. And I find especially people are so mean to beautiful young women. It's oh, yeah. like let's let's be kind to beautiful yeah. young women, and let's be kind to maybe people who don't fit into that traditional box. Like I don't see why. And I I think it's subconscious, but I do see a lot of the time men being treated very well and given a lot of grace and women not receiving that grace as much. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when I was a, a younger woman, I was, I was a very attractive young woman and I had a, <laughs> a, a very lovely figure, a very lucky woman to have. And this isn't ego, but I was very lucky. I can't tell you the times I was discriminated against. The jobs I didn't get because the wife of the guy who was hiring me was threatened, you know, and, and the, the jobs that I would go for and, and it would be a woman boss and she wouldn't hire me because she was, and it wasn't because I wasn't smart and I didn't have it, but it was based upon, I was a threat. That's and crazy. I remember thinking about that and thinking, wow, that is such, it is so, you know, it, it goes both ways. A woman who's not so attractive gets discriminated and women, young women who are very attractive, really do get discriminated against and they get used and abused by men at times too, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, it's not, it's not like if you're beautiful and you got a beautiful body, <laughs> life's opening everything up to you, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's why the inner healing needs to happen. I think beautiful women often get overlooked um, because their beauty is so much on, on show that sometimes their, their intelligence is overlooked and that can be frustrating. Exactly. You know, with me being, you know, dumb blonde, the dumb blonde exactly, thing. You know, yeah. here she comes, she's the dumb blonde, you know, and I graduate, I put myself through school with two kids and I graduated with a 3.8. I'm not mm. dumb. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, but you were treated that way. And I can remember being in a boardroom where it was all men and me mm. and really having the men using profanity to embarrass me. You know, um, anything that I would say would be a put down. You yes. know, and I would look around the room and go, well, wait a minute, I got a master's degree and half of these guys don't even have a high school education. Do, do you know what I mean? But <laughs> yes, it, I know it, exactly it, what you mean, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, it was that power struggle. And that's not to put men down because I think men have come so far and I am so fortunate that I know so many wonderful men. Um, I have a son. I've raised him to be um, my daughter-in-law tells me all the time. He's so respectful of women. So I, I know, that. you know, men are there are wonderful men out there. So I don't mean to bash men, but, you know, it's it's really um, it's important that we support each other as women. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great sentiment. And I believe there are lots of wonderful men out there. I've never had an ex-boyfriend who was intentionally mean or horrible to me that, you know, um, so I am grateful for all the wonderful men in my life, but I do think like the big part of this is women supporting women and not over, not putting too much emphasis on your beauty that you become unhealthy on the inside. I am curious though, with all this chat about the boardrooms and, you know, you graduating and you mentioned earlier that you were seen as, as a quack. So like, I, I find that yoga and naturopathy, it's something that people are kind of like moving towards now and embracing. Can mm -hmm. you just share with me your general observations of the last 40 years of this industry? 
Yeah. Well, you know, when I, I, I remember, um, you know, I would, uh, when people found out what I was doing, what I was studying, you know, it was like, oh, she's so woo woo, you know? Yes. <laughs> and, and you could not support a family because of course insurance didn't pay for it. And it wasn't something that was openly accepted by a lot of people. So it was always something I did on the side. I had to work in business to support my family. And so I was um, in marketing and in real estate and that, and I hated every bit of it, hated that terribly. And I did this on the side. And so what happened is I think the, the fitness revolution helped us a lot because it's certainly grown a lot since when I got in, involved in it 40 years ago. Um, and it's kind of helped us to kind of open that up a little bit. So we and that kind of added nutrition to it. And then now it's like I can I can go on Instagram anywhere and I find aromatherapy, herbs, you know, the stuff that I will tell you we had to do in the back room somewhere. And we had to have someone sign something and say, please don't tell anyone that I'm giving you, we're making up little herbal concoctions back here because I'll be in serious trouble, you know? And yet when you do the science, herbs are nothing, the herbs are the same thing as, as the foods we eat. They have, Mm. you know, they're just, they're dense, vitamins and minerals and nutrients in them. And the herbs are a wonderful healing modality. And yet we couldn't use them. That's crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah. So what I've seen is that it uh, everything is much more acceptable. It's really funny because today when I say to people, I'm a naturopathic doctor, they go, where's your practice? Yes. How can I get in touch with you? And I'm like, and what people used to say to me, nature, uh, nature, how do you pronounce that? What is that? Who are you? What do you do? You know, and then when I would explain it to them, they'd be like, mm, I don't know about that. But now it's a very, um, it's a very acceptable, you know. That's insane. I can't imagine. I, I think about people like in their 70s, like even I think about, and I, I just can't imagine having all of those memories and seeing how much life has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't have, you know, my first book I wrote on a typewriter. I didn't, and I didn't know how to type. Wow. You know, I was just shinging it out <laughs> like here because we didn't have a computer. So we, we, you know, all of those things have tremendously changed. I mean, my learning came from my mentors, from my teachers and from my books. You know, I mm-hmm. would read and research, you know, through my books. So that's really how I learned. And now it's now... I can I can go into AI and ask it anything and it'll tell me everything I want. <laughs> Big fan of AI. AI is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, with herbalism, when should somebody think about, like, do you need to be super burnt out to get into herbs? Or when would you recommend people getting into herbs? Um, first off, I would always work with a qualified person because... Right. Herbs like aromatherapy, and it's the same thing with aromatherapy, they're very intense. You know, mm. it's what we call the blood of the plant. So you're taking out something, an extract that's very, very intense. And some of them don't mix with certain medications. Some of them don't mix with each other. So you really have to be careful. And there are poisonous stuff out there. There's stuff that can hurt you. So you really have to work with someone who really understands what it's all about. And that's someone who understands the science and can explain that to you. Because if I say to you, well, you know, lavender is great. It's relaxing. You'll be like, okay. But if I start to break down the terpenes and I start to tell you how it works and I tell you the science behind it, you'll get it. And you'll go, Mm -hmm. oh, I got it. And it makes sense. So be very careful when people tell you to take something, um, especially if Uh, It's supplements because the supplements out there are not, um, they're not regulated by the FDA. Mm. So most of them out there are junk. And, you know, they they can tell you anything they want and you, you could believe it or not. But most of it, you know, you have to be really careful. Most of the stuff out there is not what it says it is. That is very interesting because I would say the supplementation industry, people kind of have the triangle backwards. I believe you need to work on your stress management and sleep first, then your nutrition, then your fitness, and then look to supplements. Like that should really be the tip of the iceberg of like, okay, I've done all these things, but I'm a vegetarian. So I need B12 because I'm not getting B12. But I get a lot of like DMs to like, hey, try my supplements and stuff like that. 
So what should I personally be looking for, people listening to this be looking for when they see the supplement that seems like it's going to solve all their problems? Well, first off, there's there's no pill. There's nothing out there that's going to work. We have what's called a synergistic effect. All natural food, all foods, everything works synergistically. And what that means is, for example, you know, you have to have magnesium with calcium in order for mm. calcium to do its job. So if I extract out and I give you something that's calcium and it doesn't have the magnesium and the other nutrients with it, it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't have its efficiency. That's why eating holistic, you know, whole foods. That's why it's important because it's not just if I eat an orange, I'm going to get my vitamin C. If I eat an orange, I get that white fleshy stuff on the outside. It's called bioflavonoid. That's what gives the vitamin C its push to work correctly. So it's important. People, you know, we forget that nature provided us with everything we needed and nature provided it just the way it should be. We just want to take things out and find a quick, quick way, you know, to get past that. So what I say is supplements are like uh, your triangle is a good, it's a good example. I mean, they are way, way, way down on the bottom. Most people, if they really pay attention through good nutrition, can get what they need. If not, look for a company that, you know, I mean, do your research and make sure that this company has been around for a while and um, that they have some, you know, good credentials and things and maybe some doctors on staff, but that's not always a guarantee. Um, Mm. I worked very early in my uh, career, I worked for a supplemental company and I was one of the doctors that came in and I wrote articles and stuff for them. And what I discovered behind the scenes, quickly I backed off and left them, but what I discovered behind the scenes really was eye-opening to me to the supplemental industry. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. We all want a quick fix. If I could give a client a pill that takes away their weight and gives them energy, they'd take it. But The thing is, yep. anything worth having, worth having requires work. That you know, that, and that's <laughs> that's karma. That's what karma is all about. Karma says, you know, if you want to have a prosperous life, you got to go to work. There's, yes. You got to work on yourself, you know. And you're right. Everybody. I mean, I I can't tell you the people that have come to me and beca- and you know they want me to take a little wand and put it on their head and everything's okay, and it doesn't work that way. And when you tell somebody. You know, we got we got 120 days here before we can really change your whole system, and this is what we have to do. They're like, "Well, where's the pill?" 
Where's the magic? You know, there's no magic, folks. You know, you didn't get here in a minute. You're not getting out of it in a minute. Yeah. Yes. That's always what I kind of say to people as well. Like, how many years did it take you to put on this 20 pounds? Because obviously, fitness trainer, yoga teacher, you know, but I I heavily do more fitness. Um, People want to lose weight. And often it takes like at least two to three years to put on that 20 pounds, like if not more. And it's like, well, let's give ourselves grace and patience to, to lose it and lose it the right way rather than rather than doing all the quick fixes. Like, yes, you can lose it really quick, quickly if you want, but it's going to be harder to sustain. Well, you know, 95% of diets fail. And the yes. reason they fail is one word. It's called deprivation. So if I tell you, you cannot have any more cookies, Mm-hmm. You are going to want those cookies. And, and, and you go on this strict, strict, let's say you go on a fasting diet and you lose. Mm. The minute you get off, you're going to go and eat those cookies. Yeah, it's I about, want cookies now. <laughs> exactly. It's about lifestyle change. And you're not being deprived. If you want, you learn to eat them in moderation or you learn to say, hey, you know what? Those aren't, they're not doing much for my skin and my hair. That's important to me, you know, and you find other, you know, other alternatives. So it's really about, again, it always goes back to lifestyle. How do you want to live? Mm. I, I like to live with energy. I like to live happy. I like to live a good life, you know, to me. And that doesn't mean, I mean, I could have a glass of wine at dinner. I can have dessert once in a while. I mean, I don't deprive myself of anything. I, people will say to me, well, you don't eat anything. I say, well, last night I had pizza. But before I had, but I didn't eat the whole pizza, but I had a salad, you know, and and I had a a good pizza, you know. So it's all a matter of you don't have to give things up. You just have to moderate. And Mm. that is that is the key. That is the thing that yoga teaches us. Everything in moderation. Mm. That's life. If you if everything you do in your life is in moderation, you find perfect balance. When you find perfect balance, you have perfect health. It's. Mm. So it's so simple and yet so difficult. Yeah, no, you're so right. And I think something else you just embodied there that I think is great advice for people is don't think about what you can remove, think about what you can add. So for example, with your pizza example, you had as much as you needed, but you added a salad. So you were getting some nutrients as well. So like if you do want to go out for pizza, like how can you get some nutrients also? Um, Or if it's like, I don't know, a... um, a breakfast and there's no protein, maybe we add eggs or something. Um, like that's a great, great way to do it too. Exactly. Exactly. So it's really educating yourself and understanding what you're doing with your body and really honoring the body. Cause the body is, it's just this wonderful little vehicle that's going to take you through life. However you want to use your mind to steer yourself through life. You know, the two of them go together. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I'm really curious about your yoga teaching now. You mentioned one of your biggest lessons is is yoga and moderation. So through mm-hmm. your journey, you know, practice as a student and a teacher, what have your biggest lessons been from yoga? Um, again, that it all comes back to, it, it comes back to how you, how aware you are and how much you are willing to be aware of who you are as a person and what this journey is all about. Yoga, karma yoga is about your soul. Mm-hmm. And basically what karma yoga says is you came here as a body and a mind to work on whatever the soul needs to work on. So that's that's really why you're here. And the body and the mind are something we leave behind when, when we go. And that means to work on yourself. You know, it's very easy to point the finger And I'll give you an example. It's very easy if you get angry. Okay, someone angers you, you get angry. Point the finger and say, you made me so angry and I'm so angry. And everybody knows what that feels like inside. But it's a real revelation when you actually feel the anger inside you. You feel the energy because it is an energy. Mm. It raises your energy. And you actually feel that. And you can step back and say, wait a minute, I don't want to be angry. I'm being angry. I'm allowing anger to be me. Mm. That's not who I am. And when you begin to flip that around, then you have an understanding and a compassion for whatever situation is causing that. And you Mm. approach it from a different standpoint. And now you begin to change yourself. 
And when Mm. you change yourself, you change your world. And that's really what it's about. But it, it, you know, it doesn't happen instantaneously. Yeah. It's also taking total ownership. Yes. And ownership and accountability is so powerful. If you're sitting there pointing the finger and it's so easy to do when you're angry or jealous or whatever that emotion is that gets you going. If you say, oh, it's all your fault, then you're powerless. You've got no control. That's a terrible feeling. Exactly. And we all know what those emotions feel like. You know, everybody's been angry and, and we are here to experience anger. It's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a good thing to experience it because once you realize, oh, that's the emotion of anger, it's a lesson. It is teaching me how to flip it around and become passionate and be kind. Wow, what a great lesson. Mm. So it's so it's what you do with the lesson, but but oftentimes we just continue the anger and continue it and continue it, and it's all everybody else's fault, and I'm the victim, and you know, and so you stumble through your life that way. And according to karma, that's okay. You don't have to work on it. It's <laughs> your life. That's what you're going to end up with, you know. But it would behoove you to work on it. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to create the same cycles. I'm really curious. It's a personal question. Um, given that yoga is about like, you've got a mind and a body, but it's what the soul wants to do. Do you think that you figured out what your soul wants to do in this lifetime? Yes. Your, your soul is your essence. And you know when things feel right and you know when they don't. But we don't always listen to that, you know, and sometimes we call it intuition. But your soul, if you let it be your guide, you know, whenever I w- when I was in business and I was what I was doing in business, I, I was I was not a happy person. Mm. You know, it just uh, it, I, I just didn't like what I do. I'm not a good business person. I'm just not cutthroat. It's just not me. Yes. Going down that road of, I mean, I could sit and I could write for hours and hours and hours. I love to write. I love to teach. Those things really fulfill me. And so I know that my mission, my soul has said to me, you know what, do this because what you're doing and what I have done has helped thousands of people. I mean, I have thousands of letters and emails from people who I don't even know who they are, who have said, oh my God, I took your class and what you said made a difference in my life. That's it. That's my karma, you know? <laughs> that's amazing. And that's so beautiful that you came to it. You really, and, and again, it comes down to awareness, having awareness. I'm, I'm not happy things aren't in flow here and things are in flow here. And it's really cool that you are able to listen to yourself in those moments because I feel like this, the soul is persistent, but quieter. It's like a, a drip on a stone yeah. and, and it'll eventually get you, but it, mm-hmm. it takes a bit of, it, it takes cognitive, co- conscious effort to listen to it. Right. Well, what we say, you know, the soul kind of sits back, it's riding. The vehicle's the body, the mind's the GPS and the soul's <laughs> sitting back here saying, okay, I'm not going to usurp you. I'm not going to usurp the ego or usurp you but I am going to tap on you every once in a while and say, hey, I'm in the back seat here, you know, and you want to listen. (laughs) (laughs) And once you become aware, because it's awareness, it's self-awareness of those things, then you begin to, there's a voice and you listen to that voice and it's who you are. And when that voice comes out, you prosper in the world, no matter what you do. Even if you want to be a very wealthy, successful Uh, you know, real estate dealer or whatever you want to be, you will do it with your essence. You will do it with your soul. So there's nothing wrong with making money. Nothing. It's wonderful to make money because if you make, we make money, we have a prosperous society and everybody benefits. It's a wonderful thing. And everybody would rather have money than not have money. So it's not about not making money. It's the path that you take. You know, I can be greedy in making money and I can hurt a lot of people or I can make a lot of money and do it because I want to, because there's so much wonderful things I can do with the money. I can employ mm. people. I can make sure that people go to school. I can make sure there's good health care. Those are the things that are important. Yeah, I'm so aligned with you in that way. I um, Coming from a humble upbringing, I don't believe money is evil. I don't listen to all the, oh, money doesn't grow on trees and all of those limiting beliefs you're you're fed if you are, I think it's probably prevalent in middle class, but especially if you grow up without money, you're raised to 
um, whether it's intentional or not, think like the government and people with money are evil and that's not the case. It's you can become wealthy and serve society in a way that is crazy impactful. And yes, if you want a luxury home, have a luxury home because that makes you happier to go um, serve other people in the way that you serve people and and help society. Uh, So yeah, I love what you said there. Yeah. Well, you know, if you have a luxury home, you have put people to work. You've supported exactly. people, supported the society. And I tell people, you know, I have, I am a very fortunate woman. I have traveled the world, literally traveled the world. And I've been able to do it pretty nicely, pretty much business class. When I fly, stay in really nice places. I Lovely. live in a beautiful home. I drive, I, I mean, I am a very financially solvent and wealthy woman. And I came up from welfare. Mm. So, you know, I, I know the whole process up. And so I say to people, it's not bad to make money to strive for that. I pay taxes. I support yes. people. <laughs> I, I have the ability to go out and do good for people. So, yes, you're absolutely right. We hear, you know, there's, we hear, oh, you know, money won't buy you happiness. No, it won't buy you happiness. But I, if you ask anybody, would you rather have money or not have money? They'll say, I'd rather have money because you have more choices in life with money than without money. Mm-hmm. Money is. is a resource and a tool. If you that's, don't have it, you've got less resources to build what you want to build. <laughs> that's, you've got it. Now you've got it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely feel you there. We're coming to the end of our time. Before I ask you the final question, we have a final question. Was there anything that we haven't spoken about today that you just really wanted to share? Um, no, I just would really say to everyone that, you know, your health is the most important thing in your life. But remember, it's body, mind, and soul. Mm. And all three are important and they all have to be balanced. So that's that's really, and when you do that, the money will come. You know, there's an exa- a saying, do what you love and the money will come. It's true. Just do what you love and prosperity will come to you. Such a great reminder. I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast, especially to remind you of what your soul wants and <laughs> and what's feeling in flow because it's so easy to get caught in the weeds of daily life. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, our final question is, I'm going to take you back 50 years, Dr. Lynn. If you were sitting across the table from your 20-year-old self right now, what one mm-hmm. sentence of advice would you give her? Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat it. (laughs) It's all small stuff. In the big (laughs) scheme of things, when you look back, and and we all do that, you know, I wish I'd known then what I know now. The relationships I bemoaned over, the the money (laughs) I worried over, all of this stuff, it really, in the end, you take none of this with you. You take none of the dramas you take none of the problems, you take none of it with you when you depart this world, but you do take the love and the goodness you've created because that's what hopefully you're remembered by. Mm, that was so beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing that. You're welcome. I could, I could feel the authenticity from it. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. Yeah. I'm sure there's so many people that want to learn more about all of your experience, learn more about your services. So where can we all find you? Well, you can go on to drlynn.com. It's D-O-C-T-O-R-L-Y-N-N.com. And when you go on there, you'll find my books and my classes and all that stuff. And I always, when I do a podcast, I always say, if there's anyone who's heard the podcast and they want to send me a personal email and say, hey, I'd like to drop in and take a karma class, I'd be more than happy to comp them a class because, you know, you can come in and just try it out, you know, and for for fun and, and, and see if it's something you enjoy. But there's everything about me. Everything's there. Uh, personal consultations. All of that stuff is on the website, drlynn.com. Amazing. It's been an absolute pleasure having you, Dr. Lynn. Thank you so much for investing your time with us today. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Wonderful. And for everyone listening at home, listening in the car, whatever you're doing today, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.